Welcome to the Servants Feast Christian Ministry Podcast with Reverend Elizabeth Moreau. Elizabeth wrote the From Called to Sent Discipleship series that includes six books and two retreats for the intellectual and spiritual development of Christians in the local church. In Elizabeth's From Called to Sent series, she often tells us there is more. Christianity is so much more than just attending church and Sunday school. The riches of our faith are beyond what we can hope or imagine. Jesus tells us that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Elizabeth passionately teaches the treasures of Christian life to the end that we grow and mature and experience an abundant life in Christ. Her reflections on topics and issues of the day always point to Jesus with the purpose of advancing his kingdom. She desires for us all to understand the deep and rich heritage we inherit from the historic and universal church. In Romans, Paul tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With this thought, let us continue our journey of transformation and renewal as Elizabeth shares her teaching through this podcast. Welcome. This is Elizabeth, and it is good to be here with you today. Um, uh, We have not been, I have not done a podcast in over a month, which is really pretty bad, I understand. But um, we've been having technical challenges. I think I put that on the the website that we're technically challenged. And I think the real technical issue is that I don't know how to do it. Anyway, so the problem is probably the operator and not the technology. Uh, But uh, such such being the case, we are now functioning again in some degree, um, probably the degree to which I am able. Our question today is, what is the good? What is the good that we are seeking? Um, and that is a hot topic for our, our society today, the one that we need to answer. So let's open with a word of prayer so that we start in the right place, all right? Hear my prayer, Heavenly Father. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. We ask that you open our hearts and minds to the knowledge and love of you in Jesus Christ. Grant that we may receive your Holy Spirit for the healing of our souls. Illumine our thoughts and enliven our hearts. Teach us in this time so that we may know you in your Son, Jesus Christ, and live. These things we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now then, I started the year off by talking about apologetics and saying I wanted to do apologetics because I want to defend the Christian faith. I think that Christianity is the most rational way for a person to order his or her life, right? It is also not an easy way, but um, every other way will lead slowly to our destruction or rapidly to our destruction. But anyway, so today, um, as we're talking about... um, as we're thinking of this in the terms of, in, in the context of apologetics, we have to look at the world around us and say, well, look, here's what Christianity's response to the world is, right? And so the question today is, that we want to answer is, what is the good? What is the good that we are pursuing as a people and as a nation? It's one of the most important questions we're ever going to answer, how, because it, it has to do with how we aim our lives, how we order our lives. What is the goal you're trying to achieve? Where are you going? Because if you can't identify that, then you're not going anywhere. I like the Toby Keith uh, line, great, that great theologian and thinker Toby Keith, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. Um, great song, but he's right. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up wherever matters take you, and you're going to say, how did I get here? And you're not going to have an answer. 
So it's an important question. How do you aim your life toward? What are you aimed? What are you going to become? You know, there are a lot of things that, are, that we uh, have to choose from today. There are all these different causes um, for uh, different things that we want to, that, that claim to be the good that we need to focus on. Um, we can talk about the big push for globalization. We're going to be one society or whatever. We're going to have one group of people and uh, we're going to be one, ruled by one whatever world, uh, political order or whatever. I can't tell you how stupid I think that idea is because you know what? We can't get along inside the United States. We can't get along in cities. I mean, you know, <laughs> what would possess people to think that we could get along universally across the globe and um the only way to achieve that is going to be with absolute authoritarian rule is that something you wanted to sign up for that's a whole different conversation but there's a big push for that we're going to be one world we are going to push for globalism and it's gonna be great all right no it's not it's gonna be a nightmare there are other things that we push for science i always like the things that i believe science science rules and it's now and as a friend of mine who is um who is quite a scientist himself, um, and, and reads in those areas, pointed out science is now capitalized. Like, we used to capitalize God, we now capitalize science. And um, I can't think of any people who um, misuse science much more. I guess uh, that's not true. Uh, certainly the Chinese misuse science, but um, we... We're, we don't pursue science the way it was originally intended, and that's a conversation we should have as well. Sex and gender is a big thing. We all have to be having sex, and we all have to be able to, be able to choose our gender from day to day if we prefer. We need to allow all of that, right? And we're all for that. I mean, that's a that's a big cause. Wealth, man, I tell you what, wealth matters a lot, doesn't it? And um, the wealth get wealthier, the wealthy get wealthier, and the poor get poorer, and... Uh, the squeeze is on for the middle class, but wealth is certainly a big issue in, in our society, how to attain wealth, how to get wealth, and the people who are wealthy are going to tell you that you don't really need to be wealthy, and you don't really need enough money, that, that they'll take care of you, and everybody who believes that, um, I have some oceanfront property in Arizona, thank you George Strait, today is my day to quote country stars, and you know what, I like country music, um, Anyway, there are all sorts of different things. Global warming, that's a big thing. Our open borders, have y'all noticed that um, the, the, <laughs> I love this, that this would be, uh, what is it, national security, the, the, whatever the board is for that, the national security, and um, homeland security, that's the name of it, homeland security, has changed the definition that we are now welcoming nation to all strangers. I want to go, oh, see, all those people don't like us, and that could be a real problem for us, but we're no longer protecting or defending the nation um, unless you are like a member of the PTA. Then they will protect and defend, um, you know, the nation from the ideas of parents uh, who want to be involved in their children's education. Anyway, so neither here nor there, there's all that going on. We have the debate between federal rule and state rule, which, good, which is good, what's the best way to order our lives there, whatever. The other day, I was talking to a friend and a colleague, and we were discussing what is the greatest good, and he considers the greatest good to be uh, justice. Social transformation and ju true justice involves social transformation. And in some degree, I agree with that. If you, Because we're talking about what is the greatest good, how to order our lives, right? So if we are going to um, talk about how society, if, we, if, you, if I'm going to order my life in a particular way, it's going to impact how society around me is ordered. So there's, a, there's an extent, there's some degree in which that is accurate, that um, that that. Social transformation occurs. Now, the difference between his view and my view is that I think social transfer, transformation is a consequence of the growth of the, growth of the gospel. All right? 
he thinks social transformation is the goal of the gospel in this world, right? All right, so um, he wants he, he believes we need to make right wrongs from the past, and, um, you know, uh, he, we need to, and it's also his position that the past is carried forward into our present, you know, and we have different views on that, and therefore we have different views on how society ought to be ordered, what is the correct ordering of society. There are some goods for example, that are uh, in opposition with one another. I mean, his view and my view are in opposition in some degree, to some extent, um, where we're aiming. Whether I think we both agree that social transformation is important, but the way we go about it would be very different between the two of us, right? So other goods are in opposition. For example, freedom and equality. This is a very important thing to realize. If everybody's going to be equal, nobody's going to be free, all right? Except for the rule makers. The rule makers stay free, right? But if you want to be equal, then you're going to have to sacrifice your freedom because the only way for everybody to have everything equally is for somebody to determine how much everybody gets because we don't have equal gifts. We don't have equal interests. We don't have equal um, uh, motivation. We don't have equal backgrounds. We don't have equal anything. Um, and now the new word is equity. We're not even going for equality. We're going for equity. And equity means that everybody gets the same amount. The outcome, you don't just need to be equal in your opportunities. The outcome has to be the same for all people. So just in case you're not clear on this, that means socialism and the government's going to run, the, run everything. It's really a form of totalitarianism um, in which the government decides how much everybody's going to get and the people in power are the ones who um, decide what, a human value, what, what is the value of a human life, what human, what human beings need, uh, where they can go, what they can do because we want to make sure we have equity. You know, I got to tell you, it doesn't matter how much I wish it were the case. I'm never going to be an opera singer. It's just not going to happen. I don't have the talent. All right. And so to say that we're all equal is to, it, 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 that we're going to have the same outcome for everybody is a dangerous way to go. How is that? That is a dangerous way to go. Um, there, you can't have equality in outcomes if you want to be free because if you're free, then you have to take responsibility, and you, you might fail, okay? All right, so the question of the good goes to the issue of education as well. What is important for our children to learn? You know, um, as I have said, uh, I, I think that, that this is a reason that it's very, very important what our children learn, because that's the answer to how they're going to live their lives, how our children going to order their lives, right? Um, I am a big fan of Hillsdale College, and they have a charter school program. I think every good-sized or decent-sized church that can possibly do that ought to have a charter school attached to it uh, for, you know, for their own kids and for um, children in the neighborhood, bring them in or whatever. Because um, if we don't teach our children to think, then they become puppets, as we, as, we can, as we can see, I believe, already, right? So the question of education is extremely important. In case you think that Hillsdale College is a bad idea, I want to make you aware that the Bezos account, uh, Academy is now available. Uh, Jeff Bezos and gave up Amazon. I mean, he didn't give it up. Obviously, he's still on the board or whatever, but he gave up leadership. And now he's out starting preschools for free in low-income neighborhoods, the Bezos Academy, which sounds really, really good until you realize what that's going to do is create a whole class of people that will serve the very rich and um, will will um, ideologically believe that they are owed something so that the very rich can provide for them and maintain their position of power. Now then, that's a political statement, but it's also a statement I'm prepared to defend at another time. 
So your choice is going to be Hillsdale Charter Schools, where your children learn to think for themselves, or um, it's, it's true, truly a liberal education, meaning that they are taught to review curriculum and think about things, right? Or the Be- Bezos Academy, where you are taught that you are a victim and you deserve something, and you're going to be, you know, we're going to give you stuff for free, and you are going to get by, and you'll never amount to a hill of beans, all right? Uh, a friend of mine made the comment about Hillsdale, and she goes, oh, my son-in-law just laughs at that and says they're so backwards. I want to go, yeah, pretty soon. that He may think that, but wait until the Bezos Academy kids are running things, and they're adults, and they are waiting for him to provide for them. He's going to wish they had a liberal education. My grandson came to me and goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to go to college. I'm finally made up my mind. You know, I'm older now. I'm, 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 he's, he's in his early 20s. He goes, I'm ready to go to college. <laughs> I'm going, no, you really don't need to go to college. You are already ignorant enough. I do not think you want to go to college. Really, don't. Don't go to college, right? I think there is little doubt that contemporary education is leading to a form of medieval-type European society where you have wealthy rule and the poor are dependent upon them and work for them. And it's worth asking ourselves, you know, are we well educated enough ourselves, right, to see the ideas that are driving the change? Do we understand what's happening around us? And, and I don't know that we are well educated enough. There's a question in my mind about how much we care. We think, oh, well, we're going to vote and then, then we'll change things when we vote. Well, yes, in some degree, but you're not, unless, until you change the education of the children, until you change the mindset of the people, until people begin to understand and be able to think about what is good and what is right and what is true, then um, you're not going to change fundamentally uh, the direction of the conflict within the nation itself or within our people, within our culture. So speaking of Hillsdale, they offer free courses, and if you don't know that, you should go and look them up. And so I looked up um, philosophy because I like philosophy, and I was deciding to learn from Aristotle. So they have readings, and it's followed by a lecture, and there are all sorts of different interesting topics. And anyway, I returned to Aristotle. I'm reading Aristotle, and I'm thinking, wow, man, this is really dense, right? Um, And so I bet I'm thinking, okay, I kind of got this. I'm reading it, and I'm staying like, oh, man, it's hard to stay awake, the whole business. Then I listened to the lecture, and I thought, I don't think I read that at all. Whatever I was reading was not that. It was really bad. Um, I didn't didn't even understand it. And and I can tell you, I think I like philosophy, but I was like, uh, that's not what I read when I saw that. Aristotle is a little opaque. I recommend a professor to help you get through it. But anyway, the first lecture was on mo- the moral and intellectual virtues. When's the last time we talked about moral virtue and intellectual virtue in school? Moral virtue is aimed to the good, to what is good for a human being, and the intellectual virtues are aimed to what is true. It's aimed to the truth, right? And there's a lot to be said for those definitions. What, what are our children learning about virtue at all? That's the question of the day. What is good? You know, and Aristotle defined virtue as, the, as a thing operating at its best, right? It's functioning properly. Think about that. That's, that, that sort of like lays the groundwork for, um, what do I say, for he and Plato together sort of lay the ground for, groundwork for the gospel to be able to move into Greco-Roman society. When, you know, Paul talks about um, when the time had fully come, I guess it was Paul, anyway, um, realize Greco-Roman society had a thought system in place that the gospel could move into, right? Because it, they could make sense of it. And part of that is this one, this idea of virtue as um, uh, a thing operating at its best, that functioning properly the way it's supposed to. 
And that's a good enough answer, I think, for us right now to think about our own lives. How do we operate at best? What is good? What is the proper functioning of a human being? And if we consider our children, um, and we want them to aim to be the highest and the best function, um, that is, I mean, it's important to understand that virtue. And and that's that's what your goal is as a parent, to aim them toward their most proper function, the highest and the best good for them. Right and for society, for what is what is good overall, you know John John Wesley was very pro education, right? And um, there's some there are a lot of people who argue that he's pro public education to make sure everybody gets educated. Uh, you, you all know the image of John Wesley with the circuit rider. The circuit rider's riding around on a horse. He's got a book in his hand because that's what John Wesley believes. The clergy ought to be educated. And I think we ought to be educated too. I'm for it. I think it's a good idea. I'm ready for them to start educating us. Anytime they want to get around to it, they can start educating well. I'm for that. I want you to realize something, though, about John Wesley. His mother, Susanna Wesley, was teaching him Greek at five years of age. Five years old. He was learning Greek. To read in Greek. We underestimate the capacity of our children for what they can do and what they can learn. So the question is of profound importance. Here's the, here's the thing, though. Only God knows the true answer for each one of us because he created us. He knows what is best for human beings. He knows what the final and ultimate good for human beings is because he created us. And he knows individually what the best good is, what the final good is. You know, my friend wants justice and social transformation, but what we've got instead is chaos. And if that's a means to an end, it is a bad means to a bad end. That's not going to serve anybody because um, we are encouraging people to be the least human. We are not getting uh, the uh, people are not getting human value from a government. You know, if the government's going to take the role of defining what a human being is, then we are in a lot of trouble. You know. Um, it, you look at those uh, images, right, of the of the trashing of the trains, you know, uh, or s- people stealing from stores, breaking in and going in and taking anything under a thousand dollars. They're doing that in California. I don't know if y'all heard the story about the um, building following the George Flo- Flo- following a George Floyd riot, and um, building was burned down. And the cleaning up of all the rubble, they found a body. The prosecutor said, you know, um, well, that's kind of justifiable given the circumstances. It was, you know, it was an accident. It wasn't intended. I want you to think about the months that the family waited to hear from the person inside that building, only to find out that person had died, was burned up inside the building. This is what we get from the government. That's, that, that it's okay because we're angry, therefore burn a building down. And if somebody dies in the process, no big deal. How does that make somebody more human? The, the arsonist, how is the arsonist more human? For Christians, it is critically important to have an answer that is clear. Okay, God's, God sees people, who they are, what they are, and he loves them. He loves them. It is not Christian to encourage the destruction of humanity through callousness or immorality or vulgarity. In the second lecture on Aristotle, it was on metaphysics, and he started off with a comment, Aristotle does, he opens with a sentence, that all men want to know. All men want to know. And and I want us to put that, I want us to encapsulate that in, in Christian terms, right? The temptation in the garden was to have knowledge that was equal to God. 
Okay, that was the temptation. They want to have all knowledge, uh, the man and the woman are in the garden. They want to have all knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. They want to encompass that way they could have control over their own lives and make their own decisions and do what they wanted to do, right? And we have become a society, because we cannot attain all knowledge, therefore, we've become a society in which true knowledge is nothing at all. It's just eradicated. It doesn't matter. My friend wants there to be humanization where people have been de dehumanized, but we are all dehumanized when we reduce uh, when we are reduced to what our wants are, our emotions, or our grievances, or our anger, or our wounds. When we are driven by our impulses and by our desires. When we don't pursue knowledge and truth and wisdom. Which we will never achieve in full, but we should pursue those things. You know, the crudity and the relativism, the deconstructionism, these are all the worst possible forms of ordering a society. We think that we're very smart um, because these are all schools of philosophy and, and universities. And again, as I say to my grandson, really, no, you're already ignorant enough. You do not need to go to college because they're just going to turn you into a buffoon, right? You need to get a job, learn a trade, do something useful with your life. But going to college is not a useful thing any longer, I don't think. Worst of all, we face, like my grandson, the utter meaninglessness of an entire younger generation. They are depressed. They are anxious. They're misdirected or undirected entirely. The ideas in the world will always fail us. Since we cannot have wisdom apart from God, if we want to eradicate God and get rid of him, which we've done quite successfully in, in Western, uh, the Western world, just for the record, um, in all of our thought and all the way we think about things and the way we order our lives and stuff. I'm not saying there aren't Christians in, in society. There are. But we've set God apart and set God aside. We can attain knowledge, but the world is vast, and there's more to learn than we can ever know. And, and there's the legitimate question of what knowledge is worthy to receive? How well do we know how to think? You know, we have learned nihilism for, you know, that, that we have that as the contemporary mindset in the university, that, that life has no meaning and no purpose. We're just here, and then you die, and that's it. And that is wrong. Hear me say to you that that is wrong. I am convinced that the time has come for Christians to see themselves as ambassadors for Christ in the world. Ambassadors for our Lord. We, we need to be holding to the, to the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus Christ is the vision of perfect virtue and perfect good. And likewise, Jesus holds within himself the sum of all truth. All truth in our world, all knowledge, all wisdom refers back to him. And if it does not, then it's not true knowledge and it's certainly not wisdom. Human beings function properly when they are loved by Christ, when they live in the truth, and when they are humble before God. That's who we are. And our world needs to be loved, rather desperately, I would add. And not in some facile, easy facade of love, some pretense of love. No, no, we need a love that is that is that lays down its life. It is a love strong enough to say, no, that is not good for you. That is destructive. It is not okay to make up your own meaning. We need to be able to say no to that. It is not good to live meaningless, purposeless lives. You know, Christians need to have a love that is sufficient to to sacrifice our current comfort for the good of others. Before we have anything to say to the world, however, we have to be certain that our own lives are aimed to the good. Do we pursue Christ? Do we pursue Christian virtue above all? Do we live to love as Jesus loves? You know, is, is our comfort more important than ministry for Christ, for reaching out? 
There is no force on earth that is more that is as powerful as the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think of the impact it had on the ancient world, and it spread across continents in the first century. In the first century, if we knew more, we'd understand that. There is no force more powerful, but it's a costly gospel. It's the gospel of life, and, and it's, it remains the first and foremost good to attain for all human beings. To be born of God is a great life. To touch eternity at his throne every time we are in prayer and in worship. To live in truth. To live in truth about ourselves, about creation, about sin. To be able to, um, to be able to, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm just, I'm completely stumped here. But anyway, to be able to, where did my notes go? I'm just really messing up here. There they are. But anyway, um, to be able to live in the truth, Right? And to be able to see see Christ in the long in, in the lost and in the hurting in the people who are destructive who are acting out because they think their life is pointless and therefore they want pointlessness around them. That's what I see when I look at the ransacked trains. Um, the the packages are all strewn all over everywhere. Yes, I see crime. It is wrong. Okay, but even more, I see people whose belief is that their own lives have no meaning or value, and they want to make sure that they hurt others and destroy the value of the lives of others. And to placate them and say, you have no value and therefore it's okay to devalue everybody else, is to dehumanize everybody in the process. I look at them and think, those are people who do not know how incredibly valuable they are. You know, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And if he is not saving this generation currently, it is only because we have not offered salvation to them. You know, um, it's an indictment of the manner in which Christianity has lived, um, and it has been lived for the last several generations. If we are looking to the government to solve our problems, if we're going to have one more election and we're going to change the way, uh, the focus of the nation and the way we're headed or whatever like that, then we are part of the problem. Salvation comes from God, not from, not from political leaders ever ever okay they can do good things and they can do bad things but salvation comes from god you know we have the freedom to choose you know what we feed our heart and our mind and our soul just like we have the freedom to choose food that we feed our bodies what do you feed your soul do you feed your soul the good is your life aimed toward the good if it is not aimed toward Christ and to his kingdom, then the answer is no. It's not aimed toward the good. It's aimed toward a lesser good. It may be a preferred good, but it is not an ultimate good. And ultimately, it will fail you. I, I like America. I think America ought to make it. I think it is a great nation. I don't, you know, I, you, people can say all day long how awful it is and all the awful things we did. But I just want you to know, if we had a broader understanding of history, that would be inaccurate. You, you That's an indefensible position. You know, um, but, America was built on the backs of slavery, as was every other, you know, entity, every other nation, country, tribe, for the entirety of history. Uh, you know, so this idea that we need to, um, that we are unique in history or somehow um, uniquely evil is completely bogus. And um, anyway, it's, it's uninformed, it's uneducated not to understand and to know that slavery is an evil that has existed among human beings. We're perfectly content to do that to one another, Right. So if your trust is in America, I think it's a great nation. If your trust is in America, ultimately it's going to fail you because nations rise and fall. I hope it doesn't fail. I like America. Rome fell. It was kind of democratic, you know, until people kind of came in and 
you know, destroyed it and didn't really care about the nation anymore. Whatever you prefer may be good, like America, but it's not the ultimate good. Ultimately, any other good besides Christ will fail you, even your own good. My last thought begins with a passage from Paul's letter to Philippi. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know, we need to start somewhere. So start by removing what is crass and vulgar and pointless from life. Remove those things from your life. If, if you're watching uh, TV shows or whatever that include vulgarity and, you know, immorality and crassness and, and you know, uh, I don't know, obscenities, stop. Purify your heart and your mind, right? Fill, those with, fill, fill your heart and your mind with what is good and what is true and what is beautiful. Purify your soul with prayer and worship so that you can see the wonder and the majesty of people who are treated as animals and then who act as animals in turn. And there are people, I think that people like this are manipulated, and I think we all are in some degree, but we're manipulated by politicians that serve their own ends. I mean, it seems very clear to me or very obvious. You know, and, 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 and these are... The, the, I think people are angry and they have just cause for being angry, but they don't understand why or where the, what the cause is. So don't let that be you. That's not who you are. Don't let that be you. Okay, You want to pursue what is good. You can see the wonder and majesty in people. You want to have purity of soul that is sufficient, that can see the image of God underneath the, the quagmire of filth on each, one, on each human being we meet. You know, and as virtue grows in you, then it then you can let it go outward. It, it'll be like ripples in a pond. You're not fixing to change the world, and you're not even called to save the world. Jesus has already attended to the matter, all right? But you are called to be ripples in a pond, you know, a drop that, that makes a difference. You cannot keep the gospel to yourself and call yourself a Christian. All that is good has been given to you, all right? The Lord who, who bought us with his blood, and he expects us to be agents of salvation uh, and transformation in our world. I mean, in, all around us. And it's probably not what my friend envisions. I know, he, I know he's very well-meaning. He's very sincere, right? But genuine transformation is transformation from death to life, right? From despair to hope, from, from loss to found, from meaninglessness to purpose, okay? Meaninglessness to purpose. From forgotten to beloved. That's transforming right there. From forgotten to beloved. And we need to be those people, the ones who, who come, go forth with the transforming power of Christ in our world today. We need to be the ones who go to the forgotten and the angry and the, the diminished and love them and offer them transformation. What is the good? Based on your daily life, on the hours, and uh, go look at the last week, the hours that you spent, the dollars that you spent, what is the good that you pursue above all else? I mean, if you spent more time on, on social media or watching TV or reading news or whatever, then you spent studying Christ and, and prayer and worship, growing in, in your knowledge of God and love of God, then you need to look at 
the ways in which you are investing your life because it's not Christ. If it's not Christ, then it is self, and you're not pursuing the good. I don't think we should all be stuck in the Bible all the time so that we're no earthly good. I think we should be stuck in the Bible enough time enough that we are not diminished by the world in which we live. I think the world is a scary place. You know, um, I think the nation could be on a wrong on on the wrong track. But here's what I know: the answer has been given to us as Christians, and that which is good belongs to you. It belongs to me, and we are called to carry the answer to all the brokenness into our scary world. We have the answer for all the wounds, for the dying, for the misery. We need to carry that back into our world. Let's close with a word of prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Have mercy upon me, a sinner, and save me. I ask you, O God, to call your people to lift our eyes to you, that we may see your glory. Send your spirit to walk with us, to guide our steps, and to remind us throughout each day of the infinite wisdom in you, as well as the safety we find in the shelter of your love. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Y'all be blessed now. You hear? You have just heard the latest podcast with Elizabeth Moreau. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever service you might use. Please rate, review, and share this podcast with others. Be sure to look us up on Facebook and like and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you appreciate this ministry, please consider making a donation to Servants Feast Christian Ministry through our website. Join us next time as we continue to explore God's truth as it speaks to our world today with transforming love for all people.